Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is a Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 158. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, who lives in San Diego and has never been to Comic-Con, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 158 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Today, I have a special guest on who is bringing something a little bit different to the show because we often have experts on the show who talk about how to build your online business from scratch or how to create an awesome product or things like that. And those are really helpful episodes. However, there's a certain segment of the audience that often seems to be left out or feel like they're left out at least. And these are the people who are freelancers who work by the hour and who who are paid by the hour, who own nothing more than their time, who often feel like they're stuck working with clients, you know, and as soon as they stop working, they stop making money. And that's not very passive income, is it? So I'm really excited to introduce to you Brian Castle from Casjam, C-A-S-J-A-M.com. He has a product out there called Productize. And I've actually started working with Brian over on foodtrucker.com because he has a business called Restaurant Engine. Com. And I worked with him because he's helping restaurant owners and food truck owners create websites. And often when you think about creating websites for food truck owners, you might think, well, you're going to have to work with each individual restaurant or food truck owner and, and really kind of just figure out what exactly their needs are. But Brian's taken that to the next level and he's productized his service. And that's what his product is called. It's called Productize. It's helping you, the freelancer, the person who's getting billed by the hour, take the path of least resistance and create a productized service, which from your customer's perspective, offers a specialized done-for-you solution with a compelling value. They know what they're going to get when they're going into it. And it's packaged at a set price and scope. And from your perspective, the founder or the product owner or the freelancer at this point, productized service is one that runs systematically and it continues to produce and grow with or without your direct involvement. And if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will because this is going to be a really special episode against something much different than what we normally hear in terms of building an online business. This, this could be something that can really save you in terms of the time that you spend and also how you work with clients because I know how often that can really be a headache for people. So this is the alternative to billing by the hour. So here we go. Let's get right into it. This is building a productized service with Brian Castle. What's up, Brian? Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. How are you, man? 
Hey, Pat, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is this is going to be great. I think this is a much needed uh, conversation that we're going to have because why don't you tell everybody really quick kind of all the good stuff we're going to get into. Like, to, like, what is your specialty? What is your superpower online? <laughs> uh, well, you know, lately in, the, in these last few months, I've been um, talking a lot and teaching uh, this idea of productized services. Um, so really moving from the freelance model, billing by the hour to a productized version of that and really kind of positioning your services as a freelancer or a consultant as a product. And, you know, there's a lot more that goes along with that Mm -hmm. uh, and really positioning it as a product and marketing it as a product um, and a lot of benefits that come with that. So that's really what I've been kind of focused on uh, lately. Oh man, this is so good because I mean, this is what passive income is all about, you know, taking something that you know and, and turning it into something that can then work passively for you. Because obviously if you're a freelancer, I mean, you got to put in that time to, to make that money, correct? Yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest you know, challenge that I see freelancers facing. And I've certainly faced this myself uh, for many years, um, is that you know, your, in, your income is directly tied to your time, especially when you're billing by the hour. I mean, I, I actually used to bill per project. I come from a background as a freelance web designer. Mm. And um, you know, I used to kind of build per project and occasionally by the hour, but either way, you know, it was still very much tied to my time. Like I could only fit in a certain number of projects and I was basically living like project to project um, throughout the year. But then I was able to, you know, launch a productized service business, uh, which, you know, over time with a lot of work and refinement and, and iteration, I've been able to, you know, really completely systematize this business so that it does run itself. I've delegated, I've delegated and, and, and really, you know, streamlined the entire process and I've removed myself from all the day to day so that this business, you know, runs and grows essentially without me. That's so cool. Now, why don't we rewind and go back to your story? I mean, were you, uh, before you started freelancing, like what were you doing before then? Yeah. So I started out, well, actually before all that, I was actually doing um, music stuff, like music composition and, and production. Oh, and no stuff. way. That's cool. Yeah. For, for a little while, I just, like went to school for that. And then, but, you know, shortly after, a- after school, I actually got into the web industry. I had been dabbling in it before, but then I got into it professionally and started working at a web design agency in New York. Um, I was there for about three years or so. And then I went out on my own as a freelance web designer, did that for well, I've been self-employed now for about seven or eight years. And about four years ago, I really started making that shift away from just straight freelance web design into building products. And I did a few few different things like selling WordPress themes and and other you know little products here and there and, and ebooks and whatnot. Um, but then the, the thing that I really kind of sunk my teeth into for a couple of years was uh, restaurant engine. Um, which mm-hmm. is a productized service business. Essentially, we do uh, web design for restaurants and food trucks. And um, and then we eventually branched out and, and made one for hotels and B&Bs. That's at hotelpropeller.com. You know, so over the course of three or four years of building up that business, essentially it's a SaaS uh, software as a service business um, with a productized service component where we, you know, onboard every new customer and set set up their site and give them ongoing support and hosting and all that. Along the way, I, I've really focused heavily on the systems and streamlining the entire process and forming a small team so that every step in that process of bringing on new customers every week is completely handled. And then I'm actually now free to focus on the bigger picture, whether that's developing new products or 
you know, growing the business, focusing on marketing or, you know, from time to time actually take a vacation with my family, you know, mm-hmm. without having to worry about, well, I'm not getting paid this week and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So this isn't about, you know, when you're a freelancer, if you're just starting out, this, this isn't about creating products. This isn't creating, you know, eBooks or, or things like that. Uh, and this isn't creating information for your audience so that they can do these things themselves, right? You still are providing a service. You personally just aren't the one taking care of it. Yeah. And I think that there are definitely, um, a lot of different directions that you can go with this. Um, so, you know, productized services often, you know, otherwise called productized consulting, um, you can kind of like scale it up and with mm-hmm. that focus on delegation and, and having the business run itself. And I've got plenty of really great examples. You know, one, um, I, I think your listeners probably know uh, Dan Norris from WP Curve is a great example yeah. of a productized service that runs on a, a, a very large scale at this point. They've been growing, you know, rapidly over the last year. Um, but, you know, you can also kind of go the other way and stay focused and stay small. I know a lot of consultants who've who've gotten into productized consulting where they chose to stay solo or maybe with one assistant or or whatnot. And that allows them to focus on what they truly want to be focusing on. Like maybe that's their core craft, Mm. you know, being creative um, and kind of streamlining or outsourcing just the, the more mundane, tedious, you know, day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And, and Dan, for everybody out there, he's been on the podcast before Dan from WP curve. That was episode 134 uh, so smartpassiveincome.com slash session 134. Currently, there are 732 comments on that post. So uh, he, br- he brought some good stuff and his company is doing an amazing job. And I'm, I really resonate with what he's done. And they are doing something that is a service for people who have WordPress sites and, and they are growing at a very, very high rate and are doing really, really well. So how do we know, like I, there's a lot of listeners out there listening right now, of course, and, and how can a person understand if, productizing their services for them. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you, um, if you kind of resonate with a lot of these challenges, like I talked about, you know, that your income is really tied to your time. Um, you know, another one that, that really struck home for me, which was a big reason why I decided to get into products and looking to productize the service was the, uh, negotiation or the discovery process. Um, you know, those long drawn out meetings and phone calls that happen mm-hmm. um, before the contract is even signed for a new project, right? So you have to get into these meetings and you have to figure out the scope of a new project and get all the client's requirements and see what their goals are and then just unpack all that stuff so that, so that, so I would then go back and write a, a really long proposal. I'd spend a day on, on that, you know, at least. Mm. And, and then I'd go back and present the proposal and maybe 50, 50, you know, 50% of the time I would, I would win that contract and the other times not. Um, so essentially every time I'm like reinventing what I do or reinventing the value for each individual client, I, I kind of wanted to move away from that and get into a more standardized, predictable uh, service, mm-hmm. uh, you know, essentially a productized service that just does one thing extremely well, solves one problem exceptionally well, and then, um, you know, it's really designed for one particular client. And that just removes that whole discovery negotiation from the table so that I can just focus on providing a great service and and, and kind of leave it at that. So I'd, I'd say if, if anyone kind of resonates with these kind of, you know, challenges, then I think it's certainly worth um, looking at this as a potential option. And, you know, the other thing that I, the other thing that, that really makes me excited about productized services in general is 
there's a lot of focus these days on making that leap from freelancing and billing by the hour into creating some kind of product, whether that's a course, an ebook, or software, or an app. And for for many people, that is a huge leap to make. Yeah, it, it absolutely yeah. is. I mean, we've um, had uh, people talk about coursework before, David Zetman Garland and you know, Amy Porterfield, those back-to-back episodes. I mean, those, people love those episodes, but you're right. Some people who are just starting out, are, you know, they're not quite there yet. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with with going that route. And and I think it's something, it's it's a fantastic thing to strive for. I kind of look at productized services as a bridge between those two, a, a very, um, like the path of least resistance, I, I like to call it. You know, you, you can really launch a productized service uh, very quickly. I mean, going back to what what Dan did with, with WP Curve, I think he launched that in, you know, less than seven days. You know, he literally just kind of put the offer out there and he had paying customers within a week. And of course there, a lot more goes into that and figuring mm-hmm. out the right value proposition and whatnot. But, um, you know, a, a productized service lets you kind of start to make that transition away from billing by the hour into thinking more like a, a business owner and, and transitioning into that product mindset. Love it. Love it. And you had mentioned about this whole focusing on one thing and doing it really well. I mean, I feel like that's a theme that has come up in multiple episodes, you know, just focusing on one thing, you know, Gary Papasan and Jay or Gary Keller and Jay Papasan's book, The One Thing. I mean, this is it's so important. This is a great way to sort of take that and, and actually use it and go with it. If you are a freelancer or just starting out, you know, being really good at that one thing, it doesn't sound like that's the, the path to, to do when when you're just starting out. You know, you kind of want to serve everybody. You want to try everything. But when you're good at one thing, people will go to you for that particular solution and Restaurant Engine is a great one. I mean, that's how Brian and I connected was through Restaurant Engine and Food Trucker. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and uh, it's been an amazing experience for all the food truck owners out there who have, who have used the service. So why don't we get into more specific strategies and things that people can take away from, from this episode in terms of, okay, how do they go about doing this? I mean, it's a great theory, I guess you could say, if you want to call it that. But how do we actually put this into action, Brian? Yeah, you know, great question. Um, like you said, it does start with, Focus. Um, you know, as you start to productize what you're doing, it, it really begins with, with crafting that killer value proposition. And the key to doing that is focus. And what I mean by that is you want to be focusing in on one service for one customer. And another way of, of putting that, perhaps a, a better way of putting that, would be to focus on one problem and one solution. You know, you kind of want to get away from doing everything and anything. And mm-hmm. I, I really relate to this myself. I mean, when I was doing freelance web design, I used to do it all, right? I used to design mockups, code HTML and CSS, create WordPress themes, plugins, um, got into logo design and copywriting and mobile sites and email. Like it just like the list went on and on. I was doing everything for all these different clients. And it was just really hard to focus that value proposition. Um, so, the, you, you know, your goal is to really hone in on one service for one customer. And there's a lot more that goes into this process um, that I like to teach. You know, for instance, as, as you start to focus on one service, you really want to focus in on one thing that clients are willing to pay for. And for a lot of us, we can look to what our clients have already been paying us for. Um, chances are they're paying us for a lot of different things, but you want to start looking at that list of services that clients have paid you for and try to hone in on what are the, the most high value items? You know, mm-hmm. perhaps they're actual line items on your invoices uh, that clients come to you again and again for. Um, or another way that I like to look at it is, you know, think back to those 
conversations that you're having with clients and, you know, whether they are those discovery meetings or, you know, pre-sales conversations, Mm -hmm. what are the questions that keep coming up again and again? You know, those are good indicators that that's something that the clients really care about. You know, they might even be like make or break items that, you know, that, that, that just gives you that indication that it's something um, high value for those clients. Sure, sure. Let's play a little game. Let's pretend my name is Pat and I am a freelance writer. Like coach me through how to figure out what my one thing will be. Can we do that really quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I freelance write. I have a lot of different clients. I do a lot of different things from ghostwriting to writing blog articles to doing research and posting on people's blogs and editing and all that, all those sorts of things. Yeah, so, you know, the first thing that I would look at is, you know, try to think or, or just look into the, the type of work that you've been doing with your clients and, and figure out what part of all that, whether it's the research aspect, the actual writing of the articles, um, the formatting and promoting and social media, uh, you know, promotion of, of the articles. Mm-hmm. What is that one thing that clients come to you because they can't do it themselves or they don't want to do it themselves? Sure. Um, uh, you know, I've also been doing a lot of transcripts and, you know, with podcasting becoming more popular and people doing their videos and with SEO, with the transcripts, if you include those with the videos, a lot of people are asking me to do transcriptions now and I do those all myself currently. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is a great example. And, and, you know, we're, we're starting to get toward the value proposition here and that, you know, writing these transcripts takes a lot of your time. Right. Um, and you know, as, as the business owner, you have better things to do. You kind of want to just focus on creating the content, you know, whether that's just recording and, 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 you know, putting the content up in Dropbox and then having you or a service like yours, you know, be the, the, the transcription service for that podcast. So that, that's a great, uh, so I'm still playing Pat, the person who writes and is now thinking about doing something with transcriptions. So Brian, you're telling me, okay, transcriptions seems like it's a good thing. I could be, you know, just do, that could be my one thing, right? And then how would I make that a productized service? If that's something I'm currently doing myself and, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at it. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, how, how do I then use kind of what you teach to take myself away from that? Yeah. So, you know, the next steps, uh, you know, you, you really want to start to streamline and standardize this, this service. Nice, nice. Um, I actually have this in like a three-step process here and it really starts, like I said, with standardization. And that means what I mean by that is making the work as predictable as possible, because we all know that there are many different ways to, to accomplish the same task. You know, if it's transcription writing, you know, you might write it in Microsoft Word or Google Docs or mm-hmm. in Word or directly into WordPress or, you know, whatever you're using to write, um, I would suggest starting uh, to really standardize the way that you do things. Just always use one template or, or one, um, one methodology, uh, whether that's uh, a set of tools or, you know, a certain approach. You know, for, for me, when I was doing web, uh, web design and then starting to standardize that, I started to focus exclusively on using WordPress. And then even beyond that, I started to focus exclusively on responsive web design, you know, mobile optimizing using responsive web design. Um, and then using one uh, software, you know, one set of software for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. And what that does is, you know, you as a solo consultant, you know, may, maybe you already have your, your preferred set of tools and that's, that's great, but you really want to make this as predictable as possible so that, uh, down the road, when you do start to delegate, it's just done in a very predictable way so that you can, to your first teammate, you can, yeah. you can, you know, get this into a, a standardized process. And then even if that person is replaced or if there's a second person comes on board, 
you know, everything is just done the same way and it, and it keeps it very organized. Yeah. So that's, that's really the first step is, is standardization. And then the, from there, we want to really streamline um, the way that we do things, whether that's using templates or um, incorporating some, some software tools to make things go, you know, go faster, um, you know, just or, or relying on one standard framework. Perhaps, like, so going back to your example of, of transcribing, um, maybe rather than writing it all from scratch from a completely blank page, maybe we start every transcription with a standard template that already has the formatting built in. Um, and all we need to do is kind of like swap in the new content. Mm -hmm. The third phase, the, the third step here would be document. And this is something that just goes, it, it really never ends. It's, it's, an, it's an ongoing process throughout the life of the business. Um, you want to document everything, document things into procedures. Um, and that means literally write down lists of, of the things that you're doing step by step, you know, start simple, just a, a quick kind of bullet list of the overview of, uh, you know, step one, open up um, the, the Google Docs. Step two, start to, um, you know, transcribe the, uh, the, the podcast episode. Uh, later on, as you start to do it again and again, you can go back and, and refine that procedure, add more detail, um, start to include screenshots and, and notations and whatnot, um, and, and just continuously uh, improve that documentation so that, again, it makes it that much easier to hand off to, to someone down the road. Yeah, to a point where you, I mean, you want to get to a point where, I mean, if a monkey could read, they would be able to do it, right? It's like you want it to be that detailed and that, okay, this is this and then, then this. Like you want it to be that narrow and detailed, correct? Yeah, absolutely. The way that I like to think about this and approach it is you want to put so much care and effort into these procedures um, because your goal uh, ultimately at the end of the day is to have your teammate be a total rock star at their job. Like you want them to, you want to position your teammates for the highest level of success possible. You want to make their jobs really easy. So your job as the business owner is, is to do that, is to make it easy by giving them all the instruction in the world. Because I think all of us can relate, you know, if we, if we ever started a new job and we just weren't sure what we were doing, you know, weren't sure how to use the certain, the, the, the tools or where to start, mm -hmm. um, it's just really frustrating and um, it's kind of intimidating. We want to remove all, the, all that friction and just make it really easy for our team. And of course, they're going to have questions and, and you want to refine those. And as they do have questions or as they do make a mistake or two, those are indications that, all right, something is wrong in the procedure and you need to go back and refine and, and kind of smooth out those kinks. Nice, nice. And in terms of the documentation of those processes and how you've been able to optimize and streamline everything that you do before you hand it off. Uh, do you have any specific tools or recommendations for how to best do that? Is it just simply a Google doc or would it be something else perhaps? Um, so we use Google docs today. Um, I found that those are the easiest to share and collaborate with, with, mm -hmm. with my team. Um, so we use Google documents for the actual procedures themselves. And then we actually use a Google spreadsheet to organize all of our procedures. Cause today um, in restaurant engine, we have something like, 50 or 60 different procedures, mm -hmm. maybe even more than that now. So, you know, we really needed to like categorize them and put them into folders and, and, um, and, and keep them all organized. Sure. Um, and then I just give my teammates access to that entire folder of procedures and then they can go in. It's even gotten to the point now where they go in and, and they're the ones updating the procedures and keeping them up to date because now that they're doing the, 
the the work on a day-to-day basis that you know they're closer to the tasks than I am they they know the processes even better than I do at this point mm-hmm. um, so I, I I'm constantly asking them to um, uh, to make those procedures um, other tools so I, I used to uh, work with a team on, on a tool called sweet process um, that that was also you know very effective for this is that like um, a project management tool or uh, it's actually a, an app specifically made for documenting procedures oh sweet Yep. What, what so, is that called? Sweet process? Yeah, that's at sweetprocess.com. Nice. Um, so that's that's very good. Um, I we also use uh, we have an internal FAQ, which we are, we're actually using WordPress for this, and we found a, a WordPress theme that does that's kind of built to be a knowledge base. Um, and that gives us like an internal collection of common customer requests or or requests from from leads. That's where we document everything. Um, there are other tools like Help Scout that we use that that mm-hmm. also has uh, really effective um, kind of FAQ knowledge base tools that can yeah. be that can be really helpful for this. We, we use Help Scout for Smart Podcast Player, and there's other ones out there. Rhino Support, I think, is another one, and Zendesk. They all have that uh, FAQ mm-hmm. capability. I think. But Sweet Process, that's a new one. Um, Mindy, in episode 153, when she came on, she talked about something that she uses for checkboxes specifically and tasks, um, a tool called Tick Tick. And that's just a really nice way to organize sort of the steps that need to be done. So every time, for example, she episode, she um, records, no, excuse me, edits an episode of Ask Pat, she brings up this checklist on Tick Tick and she just goes line by line. And then, you know, you might think, well, why are these things important if they're doing it all the time? I mean, they don't necessarily need to check them off, but it what it does is it, forces Mindy to look at this list and not have to think about what needs to be done. It's always there and it's always going to be the same. And if somebody else were to come on and edit the show for me, they could do it really easily just by looking at those checklists and, you know, the whole procedure list. So I, I'm 100% on board in, in terms of making sure these things are documented and standardized and, and processed in that way. And I think the big question is, okay, if I get to a point in my hypothetical transcription uh, potential productized service uh, you know, I see, I get these, these sequences down, you know, as far as how customers come in, what we do and templates and all those things, then it's like, okay, for it to really be up to a point where it's not me doing it anymore, I need, I need to find, you know, other people. And, and, and I think a big question is, okay, Brian, what's the best way to go and do that? How can we find the perfect fit for building our team? Is that the next step? Uh, or am I skipping ahead a little? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that can certainly be the next step. Um, you know, again, it kind of depends on, on what you want to do. You know, you might not necessarily want to grow a large team. Um, but if you do want to go that route, um, there are, uh, you know, a couple different ways that you can go about it. And it really also depends on the type of support that you need or the type of teammates that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, in my business restaurant engine, I, I've hired a few people to handle customer support and, and website work for our customers. Um, they, I, I primarily found them uh, on Odesk and um, I've, I've kind of like managed them through Odesk. And mm-hmm. um, I do teach a whole process for, you know, optimizing your, your job ad and, and kind of organizing candidates. It's really important to, to do diligence when you're hiring somebody. Um, I've used Odesk before very successfully. I've used Elance very successfully. I've also yep. used each of those platforms terribly by rushing into things. So I think it's great that you're teaching that too. Yeah, and, and I do think there's a lot of trial and error, and and um, with those, I, I mean, I've certainly made, um, had uh, challenges and successes on those platforms for sure. I've had some some of my teammates I've been with 
almost three years now. Um, and others, you know, just started and, and didn't work out. I mean, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, there are things that you can look out for to, um, to, to really make the process work for you. Um, and, and kind of have a multi, I like a multi-level, um, application and, and review and interview process. So like starting with just the way that they email and respond to the, to the ad mm-hmm. and, um, kind of evaluating how they answer questions and, and, and how fast they re- reply and whatnot. And then, um, getting into, uh, I like to do a, a video chat at, at least once, even, even when, um, you know, my team is overseas or across the country somewhere. Um, even though like on a day-to-day basis at work, we don't really use video chats all that much. We're mostly communicating in, in Slack and, and email and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like to have that face-to-face at least early on to, to meet new teammates. Um, the other thing that I would mention is uh, sometimes you need to hire for uh, specialized roles. So like another thing that that we've done is um, I have a writing team who, you know, it really started with one writer and, and, and now it's like kind of a team of writers who just manage our blog for Restaurant Engine. And, uh, and so for that, I went to a specialized job board. I think I found them on the, um, on the problogger.net job board. Mm, mm-hmm. So, um, so they're, you know, they're very, um, industry specific or, or, or like field specific job boards out there. Yep. Um, so that would be one example if, if you're specifically looking to hire writers or bloggers, um, hiring developers, you know, you would look to places like authentic jobs or, or Odesk and Elance. Um, or if you're looking specifically for someone in WordPress, there, are, there are other uh, job boards for that as well. So cool. Now, I mean, my, this last question I asked was about you know, adding more people to the team, but you had said that you don't necessarily need to do that and you could still have a productized service. So a productized service doesn't necessarily have to mean you have a whole team. It could just be you are standardizing these things. And I think the big part and, and the thing that just clicked for me is the idea that you are just focusing on this, this one thing like we talked about earlier. That, that's what makes it a productized service because that's a product essentially that people can buy from you and they kind of know what they're going to get before you start working with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I like to talk about a lot of these um, uh, case studies that, that I've done interviews with and research with, and there are plenty of these productized consulting offers out there, you know. Um, can you give us some examples like uh, so, so we can? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, uh, Nick Disabato is fairly well known now for creating his service called Draft Revise. And I believe today it's still just him. And basically what he does is he just runs one a B test on your website uh, to increase conversions. So he'll he'll propose an A B test to run on your website, and then he'll implement it. And then taking the the higher test, or you know, the, the more successful result, he'll then implement that on your website. And he just does that once a month, and then the next month he'll run another A B test, and then another one. That's so cool. <laughs> um, and it's just a you know, it's like a, a monthly retainer service, a very standardized scope. And, and, you know, he makes a great living at it. He loves what he does. He gets to focus on the, on the thing that he, that he loves doing. Um, you know, that's a great example. Um, uh, Philip Morgan, uh, going back to the writing example. So Philip Morgan uh, runs a service called My Content Sherpa. And he focuses on technical t- uh, firms and agencies. And he will write, uh, I, I believe it's four um, in-depth, well-researched articles per month for your blog for your agency's website. Uh, he'll, he'll write it and then he'll help with promotion. And that's just a standardized package set scope and, and just, you know, kind of runs on, on a retainer model. That's cool. So is, is the retainer model, I mean, we can get it, let's get into the marketing and sales and pricing of, of, of a standardized product service. Now, is it typically a, a monthly retainer 
that uh, is kind of what we're looking at here? That is typical, you know, and, and that's very attractive because you have the, uh, the the ongoing recurring and the predictability of income, you know, kind of gets us away from that um, feast and famine cycle that most mm. freelancers face. But um, there, you know, again, there, there are alternatives. You know, I, I also look at um, what uh, Jared Drysdale has done. He, he launched a site called uh, landingpageinaday.com, right? Mm. And it's exactly what it sounds like. He, he'll design a landing page and he'll write the copy for it, um, one landing page, and he does it all in one day. Um, you just go on his site and you, and you purchase your one day. It's, it's like a one-time purchase. And it, then it goes into a form and you schedule your day in, in his calendar and then they, they kind of fit you in. Um, I think he's actually had, you know, um, more than enough demand at this point that I think they closed it down and he has a waiting list, but, um, that's cool. you know, it, it just goes to show. And again, that's, that's one of those things that I believe he launched it in a weekend. Like he just kind of put up his own landing page for the service, sent it out to a few people in his networks. And he had something like, I think he had seven paying clients in, in a week. Um, you know, so it's just a very focused, um, does one thing extremely well, solves one problem and, and it really works out. That's really cool. I'm just thinking out loud here, but okay. What if there was a, a service that I could pay every month, for example, an X, X amount of dollars and they would have all the show notes done for all of my podcasts. Now, obviously I have a team that does that for me already, but you know, I'm pretty sure something like that could work out really well because, you know, I'm just thinking of things that are hot items right now and podcasting is obviously one of them. So, you know, podcast editing to the show notes to even just pulling out the links from a transcription to have those be clickable. You know, there's all these little things that, you know, I can imagine people paying for, for, a, you know, small monthly fee. It's definitely worth people's money to save that kind of time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, speaking of uh, podcasting, so I co-host a podcast called Bootstrapped Web uh, with my friend Jordan Gal, and actually we're now bringing on an editor who's who's starting to offer his own productized service as as a podcast editing service. Um, so uh, we're actually just phasing this in right now, um, but very cool. Um, so that's uh, that's Craig at podcastmotor.com, and I've seen a few of these pop up that like uh, podcast editing as a service. Mm-hmm. Great, great example of a productized service. I, I've been thinking that someone should, should do this for a long time. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, a few people are doing it. Um, basically we're just, we're, we're now recording our, our weekly episodes and dropping our recordings in Dropbox and, and, and Craig and his, um, service, his system basically just takes them from there and then he'll go and edit them and, um, and, and put them up in our, in our WordPress site and set everything up for us. That's really cool. I have a person who edits, uh, my show. Uh, who, who works with me, but he also does this for other people too. If you go to my resource page, smartpassiveincome.com slash resources, you'll actually see him there. 24 Sound is is the company. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. And, and, and it's definitely like not, it's not like if one already exists for a productized service that you're thinking of creating, it doesn't mean that you can't come in and also join join the party. You know, there's a lot of different ways to stand out and offer different kinds of services or different add-ons or additions to what might already exist out there. But in terms of if somebody is, okay, really thinking about this or really getting excited, is there a way to sort of validate that this is going to work before putting a lot of time, money, and resources into it? I mean, you said Dan started in seven days and these other ones started over a weekend. I mean, is it, is it as simple as maybe just putting up a landing page saying what you're thinking of doing and, you know, just putting up ads for it perhaps? 
Yeah, you know, that, that is a great question. I, I think that going this route of a productized service in itself is a much faster and, and more seamless way to, to, to launch something. And you can do it very quickly. So in and of itself, you're not investing a whole lot of time early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, and it actually allows you to get an offer in front of clients and actually get paying clients and start delivering the service you know, as fast as a week. It depends what you're doing, but I've, I've seen plenty of examples when, like like Dan Norris and a few others who who have launched something like this in a week. Um, and you know, it, it's probable that it, nothing is going to work out exactly as planned from day one. So, um, but you're going to get that feedback loop. You're going to get yeah, it's um, huge. You know, you're going to learn so much just in the fir- very first few times that you deliver the service that then you can go back and start to refine things and tweak. And maybe that's tweaking your pricing or maybe that's tweaking what's included in, in the scope of your service or, or the way that you talk about it, the way that you position it. Um, these are all things that, that can happen much faster than if you were to go and build a, an iPhone app or, right, or, right. or a software as a service. I mean, these things take months to to build and to validate and um, not to say that, that you shouldn't strive for doing that at some point if, if you want to, but um, you know, I, I do see productized services as a, a faster way to, to get to that end, end goal. Nice. Okay. If I have a productized service, how am I getting paid? I know when you're a freelancer, you might just simply invoice your client, you know, through FreshBooks or something like that. Um, is it different? I mean, you're collecting a payment up front. What services are you using to do that? How are you able to, or, you know, or how are you billing each month if you're on a sort of recurring uh, retainer? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. And actually, before I, I get into the actual mechanics of billing, yep. um, I, I would say one thing about pricing is with a productized service, and this is really where it starts to differ from a traditional model of like freelancing and billing by the hour. With a productized service, it's offered at a set price and scope. And most of the time that, that price is actually shown right on the website. Um, you know, however you kind of present it, mm-hmm. I do recommend showing the price on the website. And what that does is it kind of removes the whole price and negotiation conversation from the table because it, it just is what it is. That's what the product is. It, it costs this much. It delivers this value. It's just like purchasing any other product that you would buy on, on Amazon or you know at the store or whatever. Um, so it, it removes that negotiation from the table. Whereas before with, with the freelance model or the hourly model, I, I would constantly get into these conversations with clients around Okay, well, how many hours is this, is this going to take? What you know, what, what is this going to be? And then, and then, at, at, once they see the the final quote, then they start negotiating around. Like, All right, well, what can we trim out of the scope yeah, to make yeah. cheaper? And and back and forth, and and then nothing is in anyone's best interest, right? Like the client is starting to get less, and I'm starting to make less, and it's 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 really frustrating. Whereas, if you're offering a high value service, uh, positioned as a product, you know. For example, conversion optimization, you know, working with one particular type of client, proven case studies that show that you've been able to um, increase conversions on average by 20% for your other clients. This is how much it costs. Um, And then the only question from there is whether you, the customer, are the right fit for this service or not. And there are going to be plenty of visitors and customers that are not the right fit, but there are going to be a few that are a perfect fit. And that's who you want to be focusing on. Nice. 
So, you know, getting back to your, your question about, about billing, um, you know, again, there, there are a number of ways that you can go about it. Typically for the, for the one-off services, uh, really for any service, I like to do some kind of upfront payment, whether that's paying for the first month upfront, or if it's a one-off service, you know, just paying outright uh, for the one-time service to, to book it on the calendar or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, you can, you can set that up with with a few tools on your website, or you can simply, you know, still send an invoice. I, I always like to use, um, or you know, going back a few years, I used to use FreshBooks to to run invoices. Mm-hmm. Um, but these days, you know, as as a productized service, you can set up. Uh, it can be a, a, as quick and easy as as like a PayPal button, or you can set up uh, like a, a Gumroad, which is typically used for selling like digital download products. But that's also a way to, you know put a, a buy now button on, on your website. Um, there, there are probably some, there are a few WordPress plugins that allow you to connect Stripe for accepting payments, mm-hmm. which can also be very useful if you're doing subscription, like retainer models, having them um, subscribe via Stripe and have their credit card on file. That makes it a lot a lot easier and very effective. So Very cool. Thanks for that. Um, what, what are some of the big mistakes that people who are kind of going down this route make? Maybe you've made them yourself or you've seen other people, some of your students make them. Um, how can we avoid, or what should we avoid? Yeah, sure. I, I think, um, you know, number one, you really want to be focusing on a high value service. And by that, I mean something that clients are really willing to pay for. And you, you, you won't necessarily find that right out of the gate. Sometimes it takes a few iterations and, and refinements, but it does require you to to put an offer out there and get it in front of customers and, and get their feedback, you know, so, so just really kind of focusing in on that value proposition. Uh, you know, the other thing is to um, not to kind of shy away from doing things manually. I mean, at the core, this is what this is all about is, is doing things manually. So mm-hmm. just because you look at a service like, like podcast editing, for instance, right. You look at that and yeah, there is a lot of work that goes into that taking down the audio putting it into your audio software and editing out the, the ums and the ahs and, and whatnot, you know, putting the compression effects on it and then exporting and uploading to the site. Like there, there is a lot of manual tasks that go into that and that can kind of scare us off. Like, Oh, it's, it's way too much work. But if you go into it thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to do this myself early on. And then with, you know, with the goal being, I'm going to streamline and systemize and standardize everything to the point that I can start to bring on a team and they can just fit into this system that I've built. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the ultimate goal. And, and yeah, it, it'll take a little bit of time and, and, and plenty of work, but just, you know, don't, don't kind of turn your back on these manual services. You can still kind of scale it up by, by focusing on, on these systems. Nice. Nice. Thank you for that. Man, this has been, this is a really important conversation. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this. I mean, perhaps some lives will have been changed as a result of this because this isn't really something that's talked about very much. So I appreciate you coming on and really owning this space as a sort of somebody who's teaching other people how to do these productized services. And thank you for all you've shared today for free here on the podcast. Um, you're also giving away something else for free, which is really cool, Cheat Sheet, actually. Uh, why don't you talk about that uh, really quick? For those of you listening, you can find that at smartpassiveincome.com slash productize. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I was just really excited to to connect with your audience here. So I, I did put together a, a special cheat sheet just for, um, you know, the SPI audience here. And what this is, it, it's 10 specific changes that you can start making today. Some are kind of mindset stuff and some are really more actionable things that you can start working on to begin productizing what you do. 
um, and to just really get those those wheels turning and and um, kind of get rolling on this stuff. So um, yeah, that's a it's about three or four pages long, and it's kind of a guide. Yeah, that, so that cheat sheet again can be found at smartpassiveincome.com slash productize. And I have already actually talked about you, Brian, to a few of my uh, audience members who I saw at a recent convention, and uh, they were really excited about what you had to offer. They actually wanted to get into your course right away, and I wanted to have them wait because I told them that uh, you said you were going to give us a, a special deal. Um, so if anybody is interested, whether it's now or you go through the cheat sheet and you still want more, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people could take the information on this podcast and, and already get started, which is great. But if you're looking for more, Brian is offering a course as well. It's called it's called Productize, and there's a discount code. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, the course um, at this point, we've had a you know a couple hundred uh, students go through it. Um, been getting some really great feedback, and yes, yeah, so I am offering. Um, just for the SPI audience right now, if you use the offer code SPI2015, you can get 25% off any of the packages for productize. Um, and that's good now through the end of this year, 2015. That's cool, man. Thanks thanks for doing that. And again, like I said, I mean, I feel like a lot of people can take the information here already and, and run with it. But I mean, you have a full-blown course on this stuff and uh, you know, it seems like there's a lot more uh, to it too. So go ahead and check that out. Um, the coupon code again is SPI 2015. Brian, where, I mean, if people just want to learn more about you, I mean, uh, where can we find you? Yeah. So my site is castjam.com. That's where I, I write about this stuff. Um, I have, I do have a free, well, I, I mentioned the free cheat sheet and that's just for SPI, but I also have a free email crash course about productizing there. Um, and the productized course is at castjam.com slash productize. I'm uh, castjam on Twitter. And um, if anyone has any questions or anything and wants to reach out, you can always reach me at brian at castjam.com. That's C-A-S-J-A-M, castjam. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. This has been fantastic. Man, this is going to be awesome. So just thanks so much. And we'll, um, you know, we'll see how everybody goes with, with your information. Yeah, thanks, Pat. This was great. Thanks. Take care. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian Castle from Productize or again, casjam.com. As always, this is episode 158. So you can download and get the show notes and the transcript over at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 158. And if you're interested, if you're interested in Brian's course on productizing your service-based business, go ahead and go to smartpassiveincome.com slash productize. And actually, you'll go ahead and get your SPI cheat sheet there, which will give you 10 small changes that you can make today to productize what you do. And then he's also offering a cool 25% discount for the rest of 2015. Just use SPI 2015 as a discount if you're going to get any of the things. But you can just download the cheat sheet for free again at smartpassiveincome.com slash productize. That's product with I-Z-E at the end. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash productize. Now, I would also like to thank today's sponsors. The first one is audiobooks.com, which is an awesome company that I use to listen to audiobooks myself. You can get started with a 30-day free trial today and get a credit for one free book. Beyond that, if you sign up through audiobooks.com slash SPI, you're gonna get my book, Let Go, the audio version of that, only available through audiobooks.com there for free as well. That's in addition to that one free book out of the 60,000 audiobook titles that they have. And they also have 2,000 audiobooks for free that you can get and download and listen to right now. And this is really cool. If you sign up, you're going to be entered into a drawing. And every week, audiobooks is giving away a three-month 
subscription to audiobooks.com. So go ahead and start your free trial today. Go to audiobooks.com slash SPI, download Let Go for free, get your free book for free, and you'll also be entered to win a three-month subscription to audiobooks.com as well. Go ahead and check it out, audiobooks.com slash SPI. I hope you've been enjoying the free podcast content here. I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite things to do, and I know a lot of you have already taken action from the content that you've listened to on the podcast. And if that's you, congratulations. Just keep going, please. It's one of my favorite things to see. But I also know a lot of you, and a lot of you have been telling me that you've been wanting more. You've been wanting additional information, some accountability, some hand-holding along the way. And so depending on what it is that you're looking for, what I would recommend is actually go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. You'll see the courses that I'm offering there that are paid courses, but they're there to help walk you through certain processes. Depending on what problem you have or what issue or what thing you're trying to solve, go there, check it out. You can see if there's a course available for you and where you're at in your business right now, whether you're just getting started and you just want to make sure you have all the right things in place before you actually devote a lot of time and effort into something. There's a course for you there. For those of you looking to get started with a podcast, there's stuff for you there. And there's going to be more courses there in the future. And how do I come up with those ideas for the courses? They come directly from you. So thank you for all telling me how I can help you better. And if you have ideas for more courses that I can create for you, just hit me up on Twitter, at Pat Flynn, let me know, or uh, use my contact page on smartpassiveincome.com. But again, check out and see what's available, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That will be continually added to over time, so check it out. Thanks again so much. I really appreciate you listening in. And next week in episode 159, you're gonna hear somebody who has helped a previous guest on the show make a lot more money through their email list. And so we're gonna have this person on to tell us how we can just increase the sales with our autoresponder series even more and all the best practices for email marketing as well. Thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you next week and uh, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It's really helpful. Thanks and take care. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.